0: What
1: is that? What is that? What is it? They're eating her. That wouldn't do it at all. Oh, on. No. Oh, not the bees. And then they're going to eat me! This isn't plans one through eight for face. Not the bees. This is plan nine. Oh, Mark. This <laughs> is the one that worked. You got 10.
0: did between recording yeah we did like three like bump 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 and then it's like we took a break and now we're here
1: right we're gonna be a little rusty today
0: we are going to be so rusty but i did so much preparation for this you should be tote soups impressed with me oh i am the cool kids say (laughs) i am very excited to talk about this movie today so i'm gonna jump right into Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films, and we hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I'm Nigel from the Less Neglected Journey into Film, a Journey into Film dot com, and with me is my wonderful not wax wife, Caitlin.
1: Hey, hey, hey!
0: I just I don't know why I said that. Not I was wax. Trying, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It was something.
1: I. I am not made of wax, but here's a question. Okay. When I die, will you make a wax statue of me?
0: I mean, that seems like the most legal way to keep you around. I'm fine with for that. For a while. Uh, And wax just rhymed with wonderful wa- wife, I just <laughs> felt. But then I was like, but she's not wax. So That's right. So that seemed unnecessary <laughs> oh boy so this uh, we're talking about 2005 remake ish of House of wax directed by Juan jo- Jean mi Colette Sarah another name that I am just going to ruin on this podcast oh uh, written by the Hayes brothers. And stars Alicia Cuthbert, Chad Michael Murray, Brian Van Holt, Paris Hilton, Jared Padalecki, John Abrahams, and Robert Richard, if that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> it was an experience. And yeah. I'm gonna say up front, I don't hate that this hate this movie.
1: I okay. I'm glad because I feel the same way.
0: It, like, okay, is it a great horror movie? No. Right. Is it scary? Not particularly. But in terms of, like, early 2000s slashers, like, it gives you what you want.
1: hmm
0: And uh, at the end of the day, what more could you ask for?
1: I mean, I don't think I could ask for anything other than Chad Michael Murray and uh, Jared... Pedalaki.
0: Nailed that one.
1: Pedalaki. <laughs> In the movie together.
0: Because of Gilmore Girls?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're two of my like
0: childhood crushes?
1: No. Oh, okay. No. Uh but like nostalgia, I guess. Some of my early childhood nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, Chad Michael Murray now, he's a cutie, but Jared Padalecki is gross. Ew.
0: I did not realize that he was the guy from Freaky Friday or like all of those movies. Chad Michael Murray,
1: you didn't know he was from Freaky Friday?
0: No. When's the last time I saw Freaky Friday?
1: (laughs) I just watched it. I know. It's a classic. Uh, Cinderella Story, One Tree Hill, Gilmore Girls. Mm, Good stuff.
0: Yeah. So this uh, movie is famously the movie that was marketed as Watch Paris Hilton Die. She received permission to sell t-shirts that said something to that effect on it. Okay. And that was the big draw for this movie. And honestly, her death is the most gruesome in the entire movie, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: yes. Being... uh, covered in wax alive sucks and would certainly uh, ruin anybody's day. Mm -hmm. But hers was uh, that entire sequence was fairly brutal. And uh, she did a good job. Sure. I mean like as good as as like you're going to expect for Paris Hilton. Which like is what you would expect from a, an actress in a horror movie. Yeah. Like in her I role. I don't
1: I don't think Paris Hilton was bad.
0: No. I don't think that she was bad, but she was definitely in this movie to be Paris Hilton. Yes. So that's that. And this movie has one of my favorite Okay, so this movie's almost two hours long, which is...
1: Too long for a horror too movie. Long.
0: And it, it, there's a trope in this movie that a lot of movies do when they're trying to pad the runtime, where it just shows people hanging out and mm-hmm. just plays music. But there was no reason for that to be in this movie, because it's a horror movie. You don't really need to be two hours long. Right. I'm not really one to complain about the runtime of movies... Like, it is what it is. Yeah. But this was definitely one that did that, the, like, music hanging out thing too much.
1: I would agree. I think that it could have been a lot shorter, the film itself, and the most of the scenes of them hanging out were not needed. Correct. I mean, obviously, good use of, like, exploring the city seeing all of that but then like tossing the football around come on we didn't need that when
0: you say exploring the city do you mean like the little town yeah that they come across <laughs> yeah yeah
1: the city sure yeah <laughs>
0: the like four buildings right and a church and a wax museum that make up this town that's been wiped off the map yes literally Which
1: also is kind of weird i think why would you take a town off the map? It still exists. So I can see if it was never on the map, but like why would you purposefully take a m- town off the map?
0: I mean, technically... I guess with
1: just like today's technology, I just don't think that's realistic.
0: I mean, I might be making some major assumptions here because I'm, I'm not an expert in maps, <laughs> in case you weren't aware. You're
1: not a mapologist?
0: But I would think that... Okay, so the guy at the end of the movie, he said that the people didn't travel that road anymore because of the interstate or the expressway right. or the highway, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now there's there's people not going to this town anymore. Right. Which means that is essentially cut off from society, which you and I have been through some towns like that.
1: Yeah, but they were still on the map.
0: Right. But are they on the map because people continue to live there? because in this town there were two people alive right. in the entirety of the town and right. if they're not funct- if they're not interacting with society outside of this town like the town the peop- the map makers are probably like why do we continue to put this town it's probably just there a black was hole
1: three people living in there
0: right and last I Whoa. checked three people don't make a town
1: I don't know. I don't
0: know the technicalities of forming <laughs> a village or a, a town or a, a, I get like, could they be a tribe? Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what that would be with a family. I mean, they are a family, but right. can a family be a town? Maybe, like, a, if it's, like, a Mormon situation. True. So... I mean, that wasn't the most egregious thing in the entire movie. Not at all. Yeah.
1: Not at all.
0: Were you going to say something?
1: No, I just was thinking about the movie as a whole. I just want... It seems like they did kill a lot of people in this film.
0: Like characters that were in the movie? No, in general. Like there was a large body count. Before and after they arrived? Right. Okay, And I
1: just am curious about how those people went missing for so long and never found. I mean, I understand they turned them into wax figures, but, like, their cars were still there. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like the officers in the neighboring towns didn't really search too hard because even if that town is off the map it has to be next to something that is on the map
0: yeah but they did seem to be pretty far in the middle of nowhere and he thought that he was taking a shortcut true so like how far away from things were they yeah i mean that the police officer even said at the end they wouldn't have known if right. they hadn't seen the smoke from the fire.
1: I'm probably thinking too much about the geographical nature of this. But then that kind of gets me spiraling. Oh, no, we better get on topic. But then I think about Hulk or folk horror. Okay. And one of the requirements is that it's in a, a like destitute area.
0: It's not necessarily that it's in a... Destitute area, although we see a lot of folklore pop up from areas like that. Mm-hmm. It's more that there is a what did they call it? A psycho geographical relationship in an area. Okay. Where it's like people have imprinted beliefs onto an area, and that area kind of maintains. That psychology. Gotcha. So I would say that this movie does not brush at all with any folklore.
1: Disappointing, but okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a lot of questions about the logistics of turning a town into wax. Yeah. But I do want to kind of address a couple things before we get too deep into the weeds on this one. This is not a direct remake of the 1953 House of Wax that we talked about last week. Correct. So it's going to be very difficult for us to compare and contrast that. Because literally the only comparison between the two is that the artist, air quotes, is turning people into wax figures. Correct. That's the only shared relationship with it. And in doing, my I guess
1: re- both are deformed.
0: There is a deformity involved, which I did. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the whole that was an interesting thing that I thought they did with it. But in my research regarding the movie and trying to think of some smart things to say about it, it came to my attention, and I'm kind of mad that I didn't think about this while we were watching it. But this movie is almost more of a remake of that movie that we watched, Tourist Trap.
1: Yeah. Where Mm
0: -hmm. the uh, people travel through the backwoods and they find the... uh, It's like an oasis, isn't it? But then there's like a museum there. Right. With wax figures. Mm -hmm. And... You, they meet a guy and they think that he's a nice guy, but it turns out that he's an absolute psychopath mm-hmm. and starts killing them off one by one.
1: Yeah, it's actually a lot closer to that. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I've seen mixed things online about whether they were actually making a tourist Trap, like if this started as a Taurus Trap remake and they decided to go with House of Wax because of the brand name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I would love it if someone could point me to some resources where the where we could confirm that. Because, yeah, um, as we know, Reddit is not the best place to find facts when people just share information. (laughs) Yeah. So that was something I thought was very interesting. About the movie. Not that it really changes anything about it, but it is something I wanted to point out. um, Because if we do have a compare and contrast section of this episode, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be difficult.
1: Right. However, you could definitely compare and contrast uh, Taurus Trapped with this movie.
0: Oh, easily. Mm -hmm. And I would... I would actually have a very difficult time saying which movie I liked better in that situation because they're virtually beat for beat the same movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just don't remember how Taurus Trap ends.
1: I think one of the mannequin things come to life. And like...
0: Yeah, I know that he was controlling the mannequins, but that, like, do we find out that one of the guys was a mannequin the whole time? Yes. And the guy was using him to lure people into the town. I'm pretty sure. That sounds right.
1: Yeah. We should have rewatched that
0: movie. I I didn't think about it. I didn't either. You wanted to watch Horrible Bosses last night. Oh, gosh. Don't (laughs) share that.
1: (laughs) That's a whole other podcast.
0: I mean, maybe we'll talk about it. I I didn't think it was a bad movie, but it was fun. (laughs) So this... Uh, Oh, one other thing I did want to share is there is an alternate opening to the movie that they cut out, which I think would have been... It would have added a little extra something to the movie. And on the one hand, like, I can see why they didn't include it, but on the other hand, I could see why they should have. Uh, Basically, you meet this girl... I don't remember her name. I didn't write it down. But she, her car breaks down on the side of the road, and she's on the phone waiting for AAA. And who shows up in his scary pickup truck? Bo. And he uh, kills her. And oh. this woman is the first figure that we see Vincent working on later in the movie. Okay. When I was asking you about the, the nipples...
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So I wonder why they took that out. Yeah. I don't know why they took it out because they do focus on a female wax figure throughout the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. They should, like, they show Vincent working on her and then they show her later in the movie. Right. And it's kind of weird that they give special attention to her over all the other figures.
1: Right. But
0: I kind of like that they took it out because. It raises a question of whether or not, and this is, this is something that I was thinking about during the whole movie of whether or not, uh, Vincent really was a talented wax artist Mm -hmm. and whether or not he actually wanted to be do like going along with Bo's plan. Okay. Because here's the thought that I had, like towards the end of the movie. Well, one, I really wanted to know why they were doing the whole doing that. Like, why right. did they want to make a whole town of wax? Right. And I get that it was like the mom's thing because she was the original wax artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that seems one cumbersome. Right. Two. It also uh, made me wonder, like, okay, they said like they're finishing mom's dream or whatever. Did the mom go crazy and she started killing people? And she started the whole covering people with wax thing? Like yeah, what's I kind going of had that on? That same question. Like what's going on there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: like did they start killing people out of necessity? Right. To it? Like where where did that s- art because...
1: Because it seems like you can make wax figures without k- killing people. Right. So why do they need to kill people in order to make their wax figures?
0: Right. And then the other thing that we see is uh, when um, Carly, played by Alicia Cuthbert, is walking through the wax museum, she sees all the little figures made by Vincent,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're pretty good figures. Right. Like, it seems that he has some sort of Talent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, is this? In in I mean, we're going to talk about like the good twin versus the evil twin thing in a second. But it seems like he's capable of designing wax figures. So this is this isn't like Vincent Price where he's disfigured to the point of right being incapable of working right. But. Is he doing it because Bo is like, well, this is the best way to do it. We're just going to kill people. Mm -hmm. Like, did their mom start it? Is this Bo's plan? We kind of get the idea that Vincent is operating under Bo's instructions Mm -hmm. and kind of being manipulated by him. But then Bo starts attacking them at the end. So it's kind of like.
1: Right, and are they doing this because of the interstate? Because they built the interstate and now no one comes to visit their town, so they want people to, like, stay there and be a part of their town? Their yeah. motives are kind of unclear.
0: The motives are unclear, and it raises questions about... Well, I was going to say it raises questions about why, but that seems redundant. But is, is Vincent really a murderer at heart, I guess. Or is he doing it because Bo tells him to do it? hmm And, yeah. I just thought that was something interesting to think about throughout right. the whole movie. Because, again, whenever you start thinking about the logistics of making an entire town of wax, assuming that the people that they're turning into wax figures are the people who live there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, Well, I guess it makes more sense for them to be killing off people and th- and slowly populating the town that way mm-hmm. rather than killing off the people who lived there before. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, what happened to the people who lived there before? Right. Did they all just leave? Right. I, I don't know.
1: Right. I like to think that they turned the people that lived there into wax first. That's
0: what I assumed. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of think that they would get caught sooner if people thought... Hey, like, why is, uh, where did, where did Nana go?
1: Well, not if it was like, kind of like a kidnapping overnight thing where they just kidnapped all the townspeople because there probably wasn't a lot overnight and then just kind of like slowly turned them into wax from there.
0: Yeah. But okay. So there like, there's like at least minimum 10 people in the church. And then there's like thirty people in the movie theater.
1: Well, I'm not saying every single person there was somebody from the town. I do think they've killed yeah. other come, like people who have passed through.
0: Yeah, which I mean, that's obvious from it,
1: right? So I'm just saying, like maybe like a handful of people were from yeah. the town.
0: I guess that makes sense. I mean, their mom was there, right? Was her mom? Was their mom the first one?
1: Right. Maybe they kind of just like waxed their mom, and then they're like. Well now we're gonna wax the whole town.
0: Yeah. Here's another question I have. Where do they get food from? Where do they like have a small farm that they're like eating from? Do they
1: I think their third brother goes into other towns for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like I get like I get like the roadkill, but Mm -hmm. you can't just live off of deer and roadkill meat like that. Seems very unhealthy.
1: Right. And where do you get your electricity? Because if
0: Well, he had the generator, and the generator seemed to be powering everything.
1: Oh, okay. Yep.
0: Which could be a natural gas generator. That seems like the kind of area that would have natural gas. Okay. So, I All mean, right. I guess it's not a completely unrealistic situation.
1: Right. I do think this movie could have benefited from explaining a little bit more of the motives behind The killings.
0: It's like okay, so we get the opening scene of the movie with the two kids in the high chairs, and like the one kid's the good kid, and the one kid's the bad kid, and then it's supposed to be a big surprise, like oh, the deformed one's the good one, but he's also killing people. So I guess what was the point of that? Right. But there is like a huge, there's like a minimum thirty year gap Mm -hmm. that we need filled in with. Maybe two flashbacks. Right. Like the death of their mom. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like the death of the town. I don't I don't know. Like right. something like I don't want my horror movies overexplained, explained. Right. But typically that only applies to supernatural movies. Mm-hmm. Things that are unknown. Because the more you start explaining ghosts and demons and all that stuff to me, the more I'm going to be less scared by it.
1: Right, right. Whereas,
0: like, with serial killers, like, no, 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 no. I need to know that motive. Right. I need all of it.
1: hmm And, like, we know that they were conjoined twins that were separated. Yeah. But, I mean, we just fine but like I just I didn't feel like it didn't feel like it added anything other than that's why Vincent is deformed right I guess what I'm trying to say is you could have like made this movie a little bit shorter and like gotten rid of some of the plot points that didn't make a lot of sense or add to the story at all and then expanded upon things that could have added to the story explain motive really Draw the viewer in.
0: Yeah. I don't... I agree. Like, I don't think that the twin thing was necessary. But I did find it interesting. Because it was an attempt, I think, by the filmmakers to put some level of depth into it. Because you have Bo and Vincent, the bad guys, who go up against Carly and Nick, who are also twins. Mm -hmm. And... Nick and Carly kind of have their own, like, good twin, evil twin thing going on.
1: Yes, but also not really, because you find out Nick didn't actually steal the car.
0: Right. But that contrasts with... uh, So the beginning of the movie, you see... uh, You see uh, Bo and Vincent, and you get the idea that there's a good twin and there's a bad twin. But by the end of the movie, they're both bad people. And... Uh, when you're first introduced to Nick and Carly, it's like, oh, he's the bad twin because he decided that that's his role in life for reasons that mm-hmm. weren't super clear. Right. But by the end of it, like they're both clearly like the good twin. So it's kind of like you see yeah, get, this like yeah. flip flop in this, then they become this like dichotomy with each other mm-hmm. where, you know, you got too good and too bad. and Right. So, I did think That's that fair. that was kind of interesting. Uh-huh. But I also felt like the twin brother and you I don't know if you're going to hate me for this or not, but it kind of made the boyfriend useless. Um not useless, pointless.
1: I mean, I liked his rival with Nick in the movie.
0: Yeah, but he, he they could have had a rival with, like, any of the yeah. other, like, the, uh, um...
1: Paris Hilton's boyfriend?
0: Uh, not really him. I was thinking of the, the, like, squirrely guy that they had with him, Dalton.
1: Oh, Nick's friend?
0: The guy with the video camera? Yeah. Like, they could have had some kind of weird... Thing with that, right? Where like maybe he was hitting on him and then or hitting on her, and Nick's like, dude, she's my sister, like, right? You know, and then we find out like, oh no, like he's the one who stole the car and whatever. Mm -hmm. It it just it almost feels like they included Wade in this, uh, Jared Padalecki, just to be the first person to die. Yeah,
1: but I liked him, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I like the dynamic between um, Carly. I like the dynamic between Jared Pekalecki and Chad Michael Murray
0: between Wade and Nick.
1: Yeah. No. Ju- no. I mean, just them as actors.
0: Oh, you just liked having them in the movie.
1: Yeah. They always have like this like beef against each other when they're in films together. And I like it.
0: <laughs> okay. I told
1: I'm, you it was a bit of like nostalgia for me, so I was on board.
0: I'm sure whoever was casting this movie had that in mind,
1: right? So it was with fine. both of
0: them, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it was also super weird to see Brian Van Holt in this after you and I just watched Cougar Town.
1: Yeah, that uh, was wild.
0: Yeah, for those of you who haven't seen Cougar Town, uh, Brian Van Holt plays Courtney Cox's ex-husband Bobby in it and he is
1: the nicest guy
0: the nicest goofiest guy in the entire world and I was pleasantly surprised because at first it was it was definitely jarring to see him in this role after you know watching five or six seasons of Cougar Town and seeing him as this like goofy lovable dope mm-hmm. and then seeing him as this like charming evil son of a gun <laughs> but he after a couple of minutes like he pulled it off I was like oh like this guy's gonna straight murder people
1: <laughs> yeah I he he did he really pulled it off but it was it was very weird seeing them in the in this type of film after watching him in such a lovable show. yeah.
0: Yeah, which uh, just goes to show you that the line between horror and comedy is very thin and scary when you think about the actors who are capable of doing both of them.
1: Yeah, so well, too.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, you know, maybe we should keep an eye on Jordan Peele. I don't know. (laughs) What are you looking up?
1: I was just looking at all the people in this movie. You know, I I feel like maybe there was too many characters in the movie. I know, like, you were saying you would get rid of, like, Jared Padalecki, but, I mean, I even think, like, what was the point of Paris Hilton and uh, her boyfriend, um, Blake?
0: Right. The fact that they spent so much of the movie doing their own thing in, like, Mm -hmm. a side plot that had no bearing on the rest of the movie, just driving to a football game and turning around and getting murdered, Mm -hmm. like... They definitely just put them in here to be tropes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I kind of wish that they had done more with them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have all of the people explore the town. Right. So, I I don't know.
1: Yeah, like, I, you could have easily gotten rid of them.
0: Yeah. So, here's a fun fact for you, also.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Damon Harriman, who played the third brother, uh, who's credited as the roadkill driver. Okay. But... Uh, I guess in the screenplay or some versions of the screenplay, his name was Lester. Okay. Uh, He played Marilyn, or not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson in Mindhunter and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Oh, he's good for that. He's a terrifying person.
0: He was quite scary in this, but he looks like kind of a charming guy in real life.
1: Oh, no, I disagree entirely.
0: You still think he looks creepy? Yes. Okay.
1: I think he would murder me in my sleep.
0: I mean, if he just keeps playing serial killers, maybe. <laughs> uh so let's talk about the fact that they w- they save the reveal that there's a third brother. It's basically the last point of the movie.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense.
0: I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add anything. Well, yeah, it to doesn't it.
1: add anything.
0: They're like Oh, by the way, that other guy that you met at the beginning of the movie, he's the third brother to Vincent and Bo.
1: Okay. Yeah. And
0: they don't <laughs> expand on it. There's no idea what his role is in the whole operation. Mm-hmm. There's no... Nothing. And honestly, he just kind of seems like a weird backwards guy that's maybe nicer than he looks. Right. Like, he's weird. Certainly.
1: I mean I guess he brings The victims there Maybe But also like Okay
0: But that that seems like he they're relying on The victims to Camp in the field and find the right. Roadkill and then Go with him Right So it was weird
1: mm-hmm. How about Let's talk about the roadkill pit
0: Yeah. What what do you want to talk about with it?
1: Why was it a thing?
0: I don't know much. Gross. I don't know much <laughs> about living in backwoods areas. Uh-huh. But it would not surprise me if such a pit were a thing. Like, they need to get rid of roadkill somehow. So why don't we just have a pit where we can throw it and it can decompose and peace and stinky harmony
1: i guess that was gross though i didn't like
0: it <laughs> i mean yeah oh super gross and i don't know why if you smell something terrible you would oh, go my near gosh.
1: it gosh first rule of life don't follow a horrible smell in the woods
0: oh yeah especially in the woods right
1: if it's in your house sure figure out where that smell is coming from you in the woods and you smell that? You go the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that scene in particular, I find it very strange that we keep watching these movies that show women peeing and like we point fingers at Tarantino for having foot shots in all of his movie, but like let's talk about the number of movies that have people like women using the bathroom
1: <laughs> in the middle of nowhere.
0: Right. Like that, <laughs> like we see, there's a scene in the movie where Paris Hilton is talking to Alicia Cuthbert about how she's pregnant, which
1: also never comes back.
0: I mean, it like barely comes back, right? But it doesn't do anything to the plot. Right. It's like she decided one day that
1: her, her character. character is going to
0: be <laughs> pregnant. Right. And they decided that, because she's Paris Hilton, to let her do what she wanted with her character.
1: Yeah, so, I know.
0: Right, and when they when they have that conversation, they're just standing in front of the car. No one's around. Mm-hmm. The guys are unloading the truck. So why can't they just be standing by the car, loading the suitcase, like lo- while the guys load the luggage?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: assuming it's because they have to smell the stink, right? But why? Right. Why does she have to be peeing? <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just something I've noticed a lot. And <laughs> I feel like now that I've brought it to your attention, you're going to see it. I'll in see like it everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, boy. Just, I don't know. A weird thing. <laughs> uh, One more thing I want to talk about that I loved about this movie, that the whole museum was made of wax
1: that was pretty cool even the walls and everything
0: yeah they set that up very well and they delivered on it yeah they said hey this house is made of wax and as soon as that happens you're like oh i want to see that building melt
1: (laughs) and it does (laughs) and
0: it does spectacularly yeah in some not great early 2000s CGI.
1: Hey, they did the best they could with their CGI.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They did, but it just looks funny when the characters start like, I don't want to say melting, but when the characters start like swirling around Mm -hmm. the same way that the building does. Right, right. So, yeah. but the use of practical effects throughout the, the rest of the entire movie was excellent. And I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, can always get behind a good practical effect movie.
1: Mhm.
0: So, uh this movie came out in 2005, early 2000s, like we said. 2 years prior, we saw The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which is probably one of the most successful remakes of an original horror icon to date. Um I'm not counting Halloween 2018 in there because it's not really a a remake, but rather a continuation. It's, I think, depending on who you ask, I think it's actually like an ongoing debate whether people like the original or the 2003 better. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I feel like that's something I've seen people talk about. And uh, another, the year before this came out, Saw came out. Okay. So you can s- really see a lot of the influences on the location of the movie, right? And the t- the amount of gore that's in here. Mm-hmm. Like this is right at the right on the cusp of the massive like uh, torture porn and gore phase that her horror was going through. Oof.
1: Yeah, you can definitely, I mean, with the cutting of the Achilles, the needles right up on the face.
0: Yeah. The, uh, um, when they find the wax figure of Wade and they start like poking him, like, and let's be real, like, that's what you would do if you were trying to help your friend in that situation, try to peel the wax off of them and then you'd rip their jaw off and feel terrible. Oof. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oof, yeah.
0: So it's interesting to see the influences on this movie, and it Mm kind of makes you wonder, uh, like, let's assume that they weren't making Taurus Trap. Like, let's assume that that was just a coincidence Mm -hmm. that the movies are so similar. Like, you can see the influences that went into making this movie the way it was at this time Mm -hmm. instead of following a remake of the original House of Wax.
1: Very true, yeah. They they really made this movie their own, more so than the last two that we compared, 13 Ghosts. That was almost a beat-by-beat beat retelling, whereas this one did a lot more, kind of took their own spin on the story.
0: Right, and this is the third remake that Dark Castle Entertainment tried to tackle. After they did 13 Ghosts, uh, Ghost Ship and Gothica were two of their kind of original movies. There is an old, I want to say 60s movie, 60s or 70s movie called Ghost Ship. Mm-hmm. But the similarities with the, uh, the 2002 version are very different. And as far as I know, Gothica is not a remake of anything. Okay. So you can see where I think they tried pretty heavily to... Almost follow the original House on Haunted Hill and the original House of Wax pretty closely, but just expand on them in ways that they could in the 2000s mm-hmm. and emphasize things that were air quotes scary in 2000. Right. In the 2000s. But with this one, it's almost like they tried as hard as they could to find the opposite of the original House of Wax in every sh- way. Right with just keeping the killing method mm-hmm. because okay so instead of like a nice wax museum it's a grungy countryside mm-hmm. instead of a wax museum it's a wax town mm-hmm. instead of one guy it's one guy and his disfigured brother
1: and another brother
0: <laughs> and another brother who may or may not actually be involved we right. don't know
1: <laughs> yeah and you definitely feel a lot of I mean, I personally think I felt a lot of sympathy for Vincent Price in the original House of Wax, whereas in this film, you don't... I mean, yes, they had, like, a traumatic childhood, I guess, but you don't have the same level of sympathy of, like, they were once an artist and now can't be. You're just like, why are these people turning other people into wax figures?
0: Right. It's almost like you're generalized backwoods... uh murderers Mm -hmm. like your backwoods hillbillies who are murdering people but this time they're talented question mark
1: right I also like when movies have this where it talks about the like or they play off the psychology that if you are in an uncomfortable or nerve-wracking situation you will potentially be people will be nice in a situation that they know is dangerous for a significant amount of time before they start to react in a, hey, this is not okay way. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah. So, like, whenever they first meet Lester, mm-hmm. the roadkill driver, mm-hmm. they they try to be polite to him despite right. being off-put by his appearance mm-hmm. and the smell of the pit and mm-hmm. the look of his truck. And they take him up on his niceties, but then the more weird he is, the more they think, I need to get out of here ASAP. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah in our culture today we just we have this thing about like we can't offend anyone and so we'll continuously be in a situation where we are allowing ourselves to be put in danger because we don't want to offend the other person there's so many psychological studies done on that and I just find it fascinating because I I would do the same you know you just like oh I don't want to be rude and it's like no somebody's trying to murder you be rude
0: Yeah, meanwhile, (laughs) when they're confronted with the truck at the beginning of the movie, Nick's like... I
1: know, they're rude to the truck.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, here's a beer bottle, which great aim, by the way, for that (laughs) headlight. I don't know if he planned that or not, but uh, good job.
1: Yeah. Um, That part was a little... Yeah. Not really with the psychology, but... I appreciated the rest.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny to look back on these. uh, So here's a phrase that I did not know was an actual phrase until yesterday.
1: A requal. Wow, my
0: God. (laughs) I honestly hate the person who came up with the term requal. Now, I had heard of, like, arthouse horror before, Mm -hmm. but I'd never heard of, like, Gosh, this sounds so pretentious, like elevated horror, like they mentioned in the Mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you who know what movie we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of weird because we live in this era now where like art house horrors become almost the norm and the expectation. Mm -hmm. Like we need horror that actually brings something to the table. Mm -hmm. But for such a long time, people people just assumed that horror was like this trash genre that didn't provide anything interesting. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are and we're like, no, they tried to put some interesting things in this movie. Was it effective? No. And I think in the hands of a different director, like this movie could have been more impressive than it was in less paint by the numbers. Yeah. Because you see the breadcrumbs for like where they tried to include interesting things like the dual twins and, the, like, ideas of, like... Well, I mean, this one's kind of in the original one of being, like, disfigured. But, like, are you a terrible person because you're disfigured? But, like, no, right. you're not a monster. Um, Stuff like that. And I think it's just... I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's interesting that, like, now we're, like, oh, horror can be this art house form now. But it's, like, no, no, no. Like, I think horror back in the day, people were ahead of the curve and they they understood things before people caught on to them in other movies.
1: Mm -hmm. That's very interesting.
0: I can't say that this movie led to any trends. Right. But I do think that this was made at a time where it didn't ruin like the torture porn genre or the grungy backwoods Slasher, mm-hmm. like it came right at the right time, mm-hmm. but it also kind of went into obscurity right at the right time too. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm pleasantly surprised by it.
1: Yeah, I mean, cut the runtime a little bit, but overall, I would say a, a an enjoyable film.
0: Right. Do I dare ask you if you have any dating advice? Should we hop over to your corner for this one?
1: Ooh. I got some dating advice for you
0: yeah I think I've been forgetting to add your jingle to the last couple episodes oh, so man. I feel bad about that Maybe unless you should I, I do Clayton <laughs> worked so hard on that
1: uh, all right you ready for this yeah. What do you think my dating advice is? I
0: honestly have no idea. So I'm ready for you to slap me across the face with some dating advice that I'm going to apply to our day to day lives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe.
1: Um, all right. I actually thought uh Jared Padalati in this movie was a really good boyfriend. Okay. You disagree?
0: I just I don't think that there was like anything there like obviously they were fighting about something but at the end of the day like it didn't matter like it was just like they needed to give them a conflict no, I'm not or talking something about
1: like you know I just it the, the fact is he was in the movie and being in the movie I thought he was a good boyfriend
0: just by being there no
1: he was I thought he was very protective of her in a good way.
0: Until he left her inside the wax museum by herself to go find Vincent.
1: Um. Well, the, yeah, they were kind of exploring. So that was dumb on his part. But he did. He, like, tried to protect her. But I think if you are dating somebody and they want to camp out in the middle of nowhere. So this is really my beef with, like, Paris Hilton and ho- and her boyfriend. And they want to, like, camp out in the middle of nowhere. You should say no. You should break up with that guy. He will probably murder you. If somebody else doesn't come murder you, this guy's going to murder you. What
0: if, like, you're in a group of friends like this? Is he going to murder you in the group of friends? Yeah, he
1: might kill all of your friends, too. Oh, okay. Um, because, like, why? Why would you camp out in the middle of nowhere?
0: I, I don't know. I told you this But
1: I feel like I'm probably just bad because I'm just like I'm not a camper person. So if anyone's like, "Kaylin, do you wanna go camping? I would be like, uh pass.
0: Right. Like the whole pre the whole setup for this movie mm-hmm. just seems like one of those exhausting trips that I would get invited on frequently in mm-hmm. college and I'd be like, No, I just spent all week with you people. Right. You go cram into a tiny car and go drive up to Times Square and come back in twenty four <laughs> hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, pass. Yep. But I, I also think that, like, um, what was his name in the movie? Wait. No. um, the boyfriend. Paris, Hil- Paris Hilton's boyfriend. Blake. Blake. He was kind of a trashy boyfriend compared to Wade because he was all obsessed with his car. He didn't you, know what sure. was going on with Paris Hilton. And so that's another thing. If you have a boyfriend who's, like, obsessed with their car and, like, they just sit in their car for fun and, like, hang out in it and talk about how awesome their car is... You but should probably break up with that guy.
0: Let's amend that real quick. If you're dating someone who sits in their car toying with the GPS while the rest of the friends are eating and having fun and enjoying the trip. Right. Maybe.
1: Rethink maybe, that relationship.
0: Yeah. Maybe they're thinking about other things.
1: Right. <laughs> right. So there, there's my dating advice for well, you. Thank you. But my fun question I already asked at the beginning: Would you turn me into a wax figure after I died?
0: Like with your real bones and body and everything? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a, that sounds like one of those like really expensive options <laughs> that they would offer. Yeah. Like you go to the the funeral home and they're like, oh, you know, do you want your loved one's ashes? Like thrown into the ocean? Mm-hmm. Do you want your ashes launched into space? Mm-hmm. That's only $25,000. <laughs> right. Like I don't care if you're the first man to walk on the moon. I'm not paying $25,000 for right. your ashes to go to space.
1: No. No.
0: Like in the like you know, you go in there and they say turn your loved one into a wax figure as they were in their <laughs> dying moments.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Yeah, like it depends on I mean, first of all, I think my answer in general would just be no. Good answer. Uh, but especially if you died from some horrifying disease that disfigured you in some way. <laughs> right. Do like I'm even, not uh, talking like a like a like a Vincent disfigurement, but if like you uh
1: like what if I was burned alive, so my am all like Right, like if you were burned <laughs>
0: alive. Now, I mean, the miracles of wax, you know, they right. could make you know, you're eighty, they could make you look twenty again. Right. I don't know. Like
1: right.
0: It just seems like a hassle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think wax figures are so creepy, so I would never do that. Yeah. I, I would don't like But em.
0: then the other thing is like I would have to think about what pose do I want you in for the rest of your life.
1: Right? Do you want me just be like a statue, just like standing? Yeah, just
0: like with your hands on your lap, with right. your like like the the Victorian like leg cross like, <laughs> debutante thing. You'll just
1: put me in a chair in the corner.
0: <laughs> yeah, like do, should I do like a Vogue thing where you're doing the like, picture <laughs> thing with your face?
1: Yeah, just, just uh, don't turn me into a wax figure.
0: Yeah. But I bet there's someone listening to this who's like...
1: That's what I want to be. The,
0: like, like, what if we had, like, some random funeral home director who's like, that's a great idea. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, hey, we want credit on that. Yeah, I want a
0: <laughs> licensing fee every time you turn someone into a wax figure. <laughs> you know. For that every, that one in like 20 people who want their ashes shot into space or, you I feel
1: like Nick Cage would want to be turned into a wax figure. Right? Yeah. That, oh my gosh.
0: I'm imagining a remake of the original House of Wax Mm -hmm. with Nicolas Cage and it might be one of the best movies ever made.
1: All right, that needs to happen. That would be. Get on that. Bonkers. Yes. Yes. Yep.
0: Like he's doing this like weird horror thing Mm -hmm. where he's like the strong silent type. I feel like that could work. Yeah. Be real creepy.
1: Yeah. All right. We're making that. Nick do you hear us? Yeah. Get on this project.
0: We're about due for another House of Wax remake. It's only been, you know, 15. How does math work? That's crazy. 17 years.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right, Nick Cage, get on this. Man.
0: That weirdly makes me feel old because I saw this when it came out. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. I think I watched it with my mom (laughs) just to give you an idea. (laughs) Do you have anything else that you want to wrap up with?
1: Uh, No, I definitely think it's worth a watch. It's not going on my top 10, but definitely worth a watch.
0: No, it's not going on my top 10. Um, this movie, uh, it did make back its budget just barely, um, but it was not considered profitable. So that's fun. And uh, the after this, the Dark Castle entertainment movies start to get a little weird. Um, they did movies like The Reaping and Orphan, which people loved The Orphan. Hmm. Um, White Out, The... Uh, So, I don't know if it's next week or the week after that we're going to be talking about Return to House on Haunted Hill it's the 2007 straight to video sequel to the House on Haunted Hill remake which we liked the remake there's some problems with it but we liked it so we'll see if we like this
1: I'm excited
0: Uh, I am excited too do you think that this movie deserves more credit than it gets?
1: what kind of credit it gets
0: it's generally frowned upon oh but it's I think it's slowly gaining a little bit of um, I hesitate to use this phrase because I know it's not correct but it's gaining a little bit of a cult following where people appreciate it more than when it came out
1: okay then I, think, I I definitely think it should be more appreciated than it is
0: right I don't think it's a bad movie by any means no but you are getting what you're paying for with a movie that features Paris Hilton being killed right? as a highlight. So uh, yeah, deserves more credit than it gets. You should uh, watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. It is a pretty interesting movie. Especially worth it for the melting house of wax at the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to encourage your audience to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Twitter at JourneyIntoFilm. And if you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash A or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links are available in the show notes. And as always... Never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong.
1: Until next time.